All right, are we all ready? Now I gotta remember what I say. <laughs> special episode of HR Wonder Women, where Wendy and Anne talk to each other. I'm your host, Wendy, and with me as always is Anne. Hello, Anne. Hi, Wendy. How are you? I'm well. I'm well tonight. How are you doing? I am doing well. It's um, a hard and heavy season, um, and it is good to see the face of a friend. It is. It, it, it is so good to see your face. Um, it has been hard. And, you know, we were talking about that and we'll get into I'm sure we will end up talking about this tonight. It's been hard and we've been, everyone's been affected in different ways by this entire year, but this is a special episode. And, uh, Ann and I had, uh, um, we had a guest reach out after recording to let us know that we had committed some microaggressions that were causing harm to our guests. Um, we worked with Sarah Morgan as a paid consultant to review the situation and um, she provided this guidance. And part of that guidance was the soul searching and then having an episode to follow up. Um, so first off, um, we aren't going to name that guest that, that, uh, that brought it up, but we do appreciate that very much. So um, before we do get started, we do want to start the way we always do with how we identify and with our pronouns um, because uh, naming our privilege is one way to start doing this work, to be aware of how we see the world and uh, what we bring to, um, to the conversation. So um, I am Wendy. I am white, straight, uh, Christian, name the privilege, um, able, a, not able-bodied, um, non-disabled. That was the word I was looking for. Um, and my pronouns are she and her. How about you, Anne? Thank you, Wendy. Um, you know, I was thinking recently. Uh, what I what I almost always say when we do this is that I wanna I wanna name my identity is because it's important to know the lenses through which I see the world. Uh, when I name them, then I'm able to realize that those are not the only lenses, and I can see the world. You know, I can mm-hmm. I can look at other people's lived experiences. Uh, but something I've been thinking about recently is another reason to name my identities. It's not just how I see the world, but it's how the world sees me and how mm-hmm. I walk through the world and how I experience the world because of the way the world sees me. Um, so I am, I'm Anne. I am a white, straight, cisgender, non-disabled woman. Um, we say non-disabled rather than able-bodied because we don't want to erase um, mental disabilities. Mm-hmm. Um, not every disability is physical. Um, yeah, and or my visible. pronouns are visible. Absolutely. And my pronouns are she and her. One of the things we wanted to start with was just a little like the backstory. Mm-hmm. So we, you know, we started this two years ago in September, right? September of 2018. Yeah. So uh, Wendy and I had been to the Sherm National Conference that summer. And what happened is that I was totally overwhelmed by the offerings and I couldn't decide how in the world I was going to decide which sessions to go to. And I just, it was honestly, it was like almost flippant in that moment. Like I've heard enough from, you know, white men, I'm just going to go to sessions that are, you know, being presented by women and people of color. Um, but one of the women that I went to hear in Chicago was Margaret Spence. And I'd heard her before and I love her. And I was raving and raving and raving to you, Wendy, about how great she is. And 
And then afterward, I was telling you how great it was and how you missed Margaret and, uh, you know, you, and you said, we should do a special episode of HR Social Hour Half Hour podcast and, and like, Anne, why don't you co-host it with me and we'll invite Margaret. And so mm-hmm. we did that. And I think we both went into that thinking it was just going to be like a one-off. Yeah. Um, that, you know, you were, you and John, John was so gracious to give up his seat and let me co-host it with you. And we had such a great time and we were like, we, did. we know so many other women of color and women from underrepresented or traditionally marginalized groups. And, and we would love to, you know, talk to them. And mm-hmm. so that was how HR Wonder Women was born that we started, you know, as our own little spinoff to, you know, to talk to women, to amplify the voices of, you know, underrepresented women in HR. And, mm-hmm. but the goal is, you know, in our little world, in the little world that we can reach, mm-hmm. it's, it's important um, to make sure that women or, or people who identify as women or people who don't identify as men. Yeah. Like the idea of amplifying is that we, we don't want to be the ones saying the thing. I mean, absent right. tonight's, but like absent this episode, yeah. we don't want to be the ones talking about what's going on in HR and especially right. how HR should be um, breaking down the barriers, knocking down the roadblocks that Margaret talked about that first mm-hmm. night. Um, like ours is not the voice that should be doing that. And so what we can do is make space for the women whose stories and lived experiences and expertise and knowledge and and all the things um, for them to share. And that's really, that was the birth of, you know, that's our origin story. You know, that's what we've been trying to do ever yeah, since. Exactly. We've been trying and um, we are, we are both on that allyship journey. It's not a destination. Um, that is something that has come up in the last few months, loud and clear that allyship is not something that we're going to end at because that's not the point of it at all. It is to amplify these other folks, um, not put all the burden on them to get their voice out. So this is, um, you know, and some of the things I I think I texted you earlier. Sometimes I'm at a loss of what to do. And I have to remember that every little step in the right direction is a good thing. We We can't solve it all in one night or one tweet or one podcast episode but each step we take in the right direction, um, no matter how small. Um, and so hopefully people will be encouraged by, by this episode um, to, to do that. Other white people um, will be encouraged to take those little steps, which kind of leads into why we're talking to each other. We did bring it up that um, we had feedback from a guest that um, there were multiple microaggressive incidents that caused her discomfort and, uh, and she felt they were harmful, um, you know, to, to be 100% transparent, I, I think both of us, because you immediately get defensive, and then we stopped, and we didn't say anything. We didn't respond to it. We, I don't think we even responded to each other with it. Um, so if I'm not, I'm speaking out of turn, Anne, please speak up. Yeah, no, I think I think we were both defensive in that moment, and thank God we've come long and far enough yes. in the journey that we didn't express that. Like, mm. I think both of us were like, no, oh, wait. Wait, <laughs> wait a minute. Wait. And, you know, and, and we did we thing. did reach out we did reach out mm-hmm. to the guest pretty quickly and say yeah. wow thanks for sharing mm-hmm. we need to think on this and and get back to you yeah um, yeah because we we can't we can't necessarily see it because we are looking at it from our lens and our we needed to take a step back and look at it from her lens mm-hmm. and uh, and and take that time to find out 
Um, again, intent does not matter here right. at all. It is what happens with and, what we do and what we say. Yeah. And this is exactly what we were talking about before we hit record. That when, <laughs> when someone tells you that you have caused harm and you don't see it right away, the correct response is, I am so sorry that I caused yes. harm. I am going to reflect and do the work on my own to mm -hmm. figure out what I did and why it was harmful and, and, and then come back and talk about making reparations exactly. um, and not expect that person to teach us or, you know, walk us through it and also right. not dismiss it. Like my assumption is if a person of color tells me that I've done something to cause harm, my assumption mm -hmm. is that I caused harm. Right. Right. And, and then we, it's on me to get... figure out how and yes. why and where and, and, you know, repair it and not yeah. do it again. Yes, we have to stop with the non-apology of I'm sorry if you were offended. No. And, you know, that's one of the things that I, that is like the first easiest, easiest step in my mind is stop with the non-apology. Mm -hmm. so I, you know, we we did not do that. We took we took time. We talked with some of our uh, some white friends um, and asked them to review um, and, and give us some feedback. And we didn't want them to do that you know we didn't want our um black women and um non-black women of color that we know to do that emotional labor of teaching us and, and and going down that road so we did we did talk with some of our friends who are doing some of that um anti-racism work but we did we did soon figure out it didn't take us very long we did soon figure out we needed we needed someone someone trusted um whose job it is to help um, others along that anti-racism journey and you know who else would we pick but but Sarah Morgan um, so happy to have worked with her on this and um, let her um, uh, bring her in and she was gracious enough to um, agree to coach us in this specific situation we you know that's what she's a consultant and so we we decided we needed to we needed a paid consultant pay black women for their expertise in their yes. labor. Yes. <laughs> oh, um, sorry. And, and I want to say like our first reaction to talk to other white folks first was not an unwillingness to pay someone. It was, right. it was kind of like thinking about the steps that we've learned is like, don't ask people of color. Don't ask women of color to do the right. emotional labor. Um, and then one of our concerns was, well, one guest has said that this, this was her experience was this a one-off thing or is this, were there patterns in the way we do the right. show? Um, and we really thought that um, that was when we realized that we needed, a, you know, a woman of color and specifically really a black woman um, mm -hmm. to be that consultant. And yes, and we are so fortunate to have our good friend, Sarah Morgan, who yes. graciously accepted the, um, accepted the, the role. Yeah. She did, and um, she took the time to review multiple episodes, um, which you know kind of digs into it a little bit of you know what, where were they, and um, it I, it was a little nerve wracking waiting for her, <laughs> and you know we had many text conversations of we we had to go down the road of what if she tells us not to do this anymore? Mm -hmm. Yeah, what if the reparation? What if the answer is mm -hmm. that? Uh, HR Wonder Woman had run its course. Um, yeah. That was really hard and sad to it think was. about. And, and important, important for us to get to the point where if that was the answer, then that was the answer. Yep. Um, and be willing to do that because yep. that's, 
it, this is not about us. And it's right. like as much as we enjoy doing this, if, I mean, talk about centering whiteness. Uh, yeah. If we had been mm-hmm. like, oh, no, we're doing good things with the show. Of course we have to continue. Um, so yeah, I think right. we have some real soul searching to see would we be willing to give this up. And yeah. um, happily that was not Sarah's recommendation. Right. Cause we're here. So, yeah. We're yeah. still doing episodes. So she yeah. was, that was a, uh, a breath of relief. Um, and, 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 you know, I do want to, I do want to give Sarah just so much love because she has been such a wonderful source. Mm-hmm. Um, cannot recommend her enough for any anti-racism work you want to do. So, um, so as part of this episode, we did want to touch on, um, on the three things that she brought up to us as far as those microaggressions to help teach others about what they are, because, um, you know, some of them, okay, one microaggression is hard in the first place. Um, it just is because it's micro and you think, oh, it's not a big deal. Always a big deal. It's just aggression. So we're in a, we're going to, going to kind of go through the three of them, um, which were white centering, um, retaining privilege benefit and colorism. Um, and so we'll, we'll just kind of go through them. So Anne, do you want to take on white centering? <laughs> sure. And I want to name that it feels really awkward to talk about the problems of white centering in our podcast by doing an entire podcast of just you and I talking <laughs> together. I mean, yeah. like, seriously, it's awkward. Yeah. And it we, we are doing this um, because that is what our, you know, consultant recommended. She not only reviewed multiple episodes to identify patterns, but she also uh, was very gracious and reached out and interviewed the specific guest who had brought these concerns to us. Mm-hmm. And so, um, as part of as part of repairing the harm that we caused. Um, they both agreed that we should be, you know, talking through these things and making it very public and sharing with, you know, Mm -hmm. our our many listeners, some people who listen to us, um, but like sharing where we got off track. Right. Right. And so I don't, I, I'm just going to be honest. I don't know how to do this without centering ourselves. And so, Mm -hmm. so one of the, one of the, um, patterns that she found in our episodes was white centering and Ijeoma Oluo. Uh, wrote in The Guardian that white centering is when feelings of white people, the expectations of white people, and the needs of white people overtake those people of color, those of people of color in important discussions. And so boiled down, what that really means is in some of our interviews, we inserted ourselves. Um, I know for me, I looked back, uh, one of the things Sarah said was that it was interesting to her that uh, it was often worse when it was a guest that we didn't know as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so when it was a guest that, that like, like a friend, somebody we already had a, a, a relationship with, we didn't do it so much. And when it was somebody that we had been introduced to by a third party or whatever, and no matter how exciting. And when I first heard that, I thought it was almost weird because you would think somebody mm-hmm. I don't know, I would just like, let me just sit and listen. Um, so in my own kind of soul searching, I realized that, Um, where I didn't have relationship, I was trying to make connection. And so my way of making connection was to kind of like, oh, I know what you mean. I know what you mean. I, and, and so since then I like think like it takes some conscious thought, right? Like, I mean, part of the problem with a lot of these things is even for people or especially for people that 
um, are really working to be anti-racist, that are really like working to um, perform allyship. And I've been saying perform allyship because I don't think we ever can consider ourselves, like even if other, even if people of color say, oh, you're an ally, like I don't think the label ally is something that you can attach to yourself. I think allyship is are things that you do. So even when we are practicing allyship consistently, and even when we are, um, you know, practicing anti-racism consistently, our default is to center ourselves. That's what, Mm -hmm. that's what we, those of us who are white have been grown up socialized to do. And so it takes a lot of intention not to do that. Um, So I'm not like, I'm saddened that we have been doing that in our, you know, in this series Mm -hmm. and I'm not shocked um, and so right. one of the things that we've been doing since we've talked to Sarah and since we got this feedback and since we've been like really thinking about it is being intentional to not center ourselves and to really take mm-hmm. that step back. Um, I hope we're getting better. I hope we're getting it right. <laughs> uh, you know, time will tell and we will, I think, continue to, you know, like, I don't want to make light of it, like keep Sarah on retainer, but I think that we'll continue to you know, ask her to, you know, listen in and give us some feedback from time to time. Mm -hmm. So the second one was, was retaining um, privilege benefit. And, you know, this is one, um, one area I think that uh, I know I struggle with. And um, a lot of us struggle with without realizing that we struggle with it, because the United States loves, loves, loves the I did it all myself. And uh, so I have been listening to um, uh, Ijeoma Olu's book, So You Want to Talk About Race. And she talks about privilege in one of the early chapters. And it kind of opened my eyes a little bit more. And, and I don't know why that's what clicked for me, but it clicked for me that none of us do this on our own, but we like to focus on our struggles. We like to focus on why this was hard for me. And you know, I grew up in a small town or I, you know, grew up, we grew up this way or that way or whatever. And so I didn't have the privilege to do things that people who grew up in Chicago did or people who grew up on the coast did. But there are other privileges that you get from growing up in South Dakota. There are other privileges I have because I am a white, straight Christian woman that um, even a, even if you just change one of those things, life becomes so much harder for that person. Um, You know, a black, straight Christian woman has a much rougher time and is going to struggle a little bit harder and has to be better. My husband and I were talking about Kamala Harris, which we're talking about it now. So hooray, hooray, we have a black Indian woman on the ticket. Yes. Um, And I'm a fan. I'm a huge fan of Kamala's. And you know, my husband and I were talking about, and he's just like, you know, she's three times, five times, a hundred times better than everyone else that's running for president and vice president right now, because she had to be. And I think that's one of the things that we sometimes we forget about because we like to focus on our own story, which then goes right back up to that white centering. I mean, it does. We focus on and still with that connection, we're retaining the privilege of saying, oh, here's my story. Here's how I can connect with you. And, you know, so taking that piece out of it and, you know, being better about 
asking our questions, sitting back, not providing commentary. Additional questions are fine. Follow-up questions are fine, but not providing the white privilege, white centering commentary is, is where I see that we've, we've fallen. And uh, I'm also, because we have had um, uh, non-straight women, we have had um, a transgender woman on the show. Um, we have had um, uh, uh, disabled women on the show that it's easy for us to center those things about us as well. It's easy to center the, um, the female straight aspect, the phys- not just physically abled, you know? So I think those are, I think it's good that we still name those um, and working to keep those, uh, keep those biases aware when we're having the conversations um, because that's how we're seeing the world. And we need to, now that we're aware of them, you keep them in check. Was it Maya Angelou said, you know, when you know better, you can do better. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what we're trying to do. We are learning. We are, we know better. So now we need to be better. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that privilege thing, you know, I I was listening to you and I was just thinking about how like, like white supremacist culture is so mm-hmm. rooted in that individual pull yourself up by your bootstraps yeah. meritocracy that is like a big fat lie. Um, it's such a lie. Oh my gosh. So, <laughs> but it's, it's, it's a lie that we've been steeped in since, mm-hmm. you know, infancy. And it's yeah. really, really hard to, to yeah. separate that stuff out. Okay, so so the incidents of microaggressions that Sarah had found that were patterns in in other episodes is white centering, which we talked about, and then retaining um, privilege benefit. We yeah. talked about that, and then colorism. And so, yeah. colorism um, is you know colorism is really rooted in um, in anti blackness, right? And so. Mm-hmm. When we talk about being anti-racist, the the racism in this country is rooted in anti-blackness. So like racism, like, yes, people, anyone who is not white experiences racism. Mm -hmm. And there's like the the sort of continuum of how far away from white and how close to black will will, um, inform somebody's experience of racism in this country, right? Mm -hmm. It's one of the reasons that um, some, some people, like some people groups, when they first came to this country, they really weren't considered white, but they were able to become white of literally because the color of their skin was light enough that they as a group Mm -hmm. could become white and now they are white and nobody thinks anything of it. Um, And so when you think about that, that idea of, anti-blackness is really like the root and the foundation of racism in this country because right like how was this country founded on the genocide of indigenous people and the chattel slavery mm-hmm. of people yep. stolen from africa so um because and and i don't think that we like i think that term anti-blackness is one that like even as people are like okay white supremacy okay anti-racism and then you say anti-blackness and they're like oh wait a minute um right, right like each one of these takes us a step further, you know, from comfort, which is where we want to be. Right. Um, so with that said, because the root of it is anti-blackness, then even among like people who identify as black, 
there becomes this idea of colorism. So like lighter skin, I mean, at its heart, it says lighter skin is better, right? right. The lighter your skin, the better right. you are. Um, and it's that white supremacy, anti-blackness. Mm-hmm. And there have been times that that concept has come up in our show mm-hmm. that we um, blow right past it, right? right? And I, my guess is that comes from a couple of things. My guess is that comes from our own discomfort with the whole topic, right? Because again, mm-hmm. that get, like you can just talk about like, let's talk about systemic racism and redlining and, <laughs> and, and et cetera, et cetera. And those are like right. abstract comment, concepts. Right. They're very real, but they're like not people. But then let's talk about how like, oh, the world sees this person better than that person. And part of the reason mm-hmm. is because this person has lighter skin than that person. Like right. that starts to get really sticky. Um, I think that, so our discomfort with it, our mm-hmm. lack of literacy with colorism, and like you and I even talked yeah. about like, oh, colorism, what, how are we even going to explain that? Like, so there's a lack right. of literacy that we have, mm-hmm. that we've been on our own learning journey since Sarah shared this with us. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, and I think kind of in all of that too, there's this, um, I don't know if it's like white guilt or like some sort of like, like it's not for us to say that, you know, like, like we, it's almost like, it's almost like we, we were choosing to be colorblind of like the different experiences that black women face Mm. based on skin tone. Right. Like, like black women experience racism and black women experience oppression. Right. not wanting to address that even within there, there's differences right. that are rooted in this anti-blackness and colorism. And so we, um, because we were uncomfortable and because we didn't have the literacy and because we didn't know how to address it, we mm-hmm. let it go right by. And yeah. that's not fair. And that's not yeah. right. And that's not real equity. And if we're going to invite our guests to talk about like all the stuff that mm-hmm. people that that all the stuff of their lived experience, all the stuff of um, you know, if we're serious about addressing anti-racism and talking about it openly, then colorism is an aspect that we have to be unafraid to name and discuss. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, and so there have been multiple times that it's come up, and we have shied away from it, and maybe even when even when a guest was willing to go there, we've sort of like asked the question to take it in another, in another direction. Um, And that uh, we ain't going to do that anymore. No. And it's, you know, it it is true. It's that, that comfort level of Mm -hmm. it being uncomfortable with it. Mm -hmm. Um, I will, um, uh, I won't pick on. um, So you want to talk about race, even though (laughs) obviously I'm right. No, because it's, it's like right hugely my, impactful book and hugely impactful keep, keep and quoting it, it's fine. Yes, um, uh, yeah. So, you know, <laughs> it, but you know, it's get what we're get. the thing about it is that I have been trying to expand who who I'm listening to and yeah. what am I reading, and even what am I watching on TV. Mm-hmm. Um, I I recently started um, binging Blackish, which really dives into some deep topics. Yeah. Um, and I wish I had started watching it a long time ago, but um, I think it was Juneteenth. Actually, mm-hmm. someone had recommended their Juneteenth episode. And so I, the girls and I watched that. And then I just 
kept watching. And um, I love Tracy Ellis Ross anyway. Oh my I gosh. think she's right. fantastic. Um, but to see her and Anthony, not going to be able to think of his name, um, but to see to see where they are and doing this in a sitcom format. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I watched, I, I took a break and watched Mixed Dish, which is about Tracy Ellis Ross's character growing up as a mixed race child in the 80s. Mm-hmm. Um, and I dived deep in because she, her character is the same age as me. <laughs> and I didn't realize it until I was watching Mixed Dish and I was just like, oh, I wore those. That's, I remember that music. I remember, you know, so could relate to it a little bit. And it's just interesting to see that level of black experience in the United States. We didn't get that from the Cosby show. Mm -mm. As much as we all loved it, we didn't get that from the Cosby show. Um, Problematic as it is to even say we love it. Problematic as it is now. Just like, (sighs) you can never go back and rewatch that stuff. No. But no, you're right. Like even, I mean, as, as, so if you can, if you can, if you can separate what we know of him, you know, Bill Cosby now, right. which is really hard to do. And just objectively look at that show. That show mm-hmm. did a lot of good. I think like the yes. representation was, was amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, and it just glossed over every issue of race. Yes. Uh, you know, it was just, and, and, and I think, I think while the representation for, Black people to see themselves represented, you know, successfully and right. and all of that, right, was great. I think a lot of white people looked at that as and said, "See, race isn't a problem." Right. Let's get back to that. Pull yourself up by your bootstraps thing. Yeah, exactly. They could do it. Anyone could do it. Exactly. Um, and kind of reinforced for a lot of white people that, um, like that concept. So. Yeah. No, um, in a way, I, the blackish and mixed dish are, and full disclosure, are, I haven't seen mixed dish yet. No, I, um, it's on my list. I will, but, but you know, there's, there's so much to take in. And so I think one of the things that we can do as white people to, if you want to be allies and you want to learn more about these, these three issues and other issues that I'm sure we have, uh, other microaggressions we have done that we are just not aware of, um, learn, And one of the ways we can learn is by listening to Black people and people of color and watching them and um, watching their shows and reading their books, whether they're fiction, nonfiction, whatever. So, um, you know, put the call out wherever you are for that information and people will flood you with it. Mm -hmm. Um, I have a stack of books that a friend gave me from Black authors. So Mm -hmm. I'm working my way through them. Yep. yep. So a lot of work to do. <laughs> it doesn't end. It does, I mean, like, I think that's one of the things not that going to. people need to understand is this, yeah. they're, you know, um, like, we're not going to get done. Mm-hmm. We're not, we're not going to, like, there's never going to be a time that you can just put a bow on it and say, I've arrived. Right. That's not going to happen. No, it's, um, it's, it's not. So we have to constantly be learning and growing and changing mm-hmm. and, and having grace with ourselves for who we used to be and who we're becoming and, all right. that, all that good stuff. And I think that's, that's true that we all know people can change as mm-hmm. much as people can't, people can change and you can have new ideas. And it's about making that apology. 
um, and um, asking how can we make it better, which is what we're doing here. And we ask better. We do better. We, we do better. Yeah. Um, so wanted to share some of the changes that we have made to the show. Some of the things that we're doing um, to to fix fix those things to to be better. Repair. Yeah. To repair, to repair that and, and be better for our upcoming guests and, mm-hmm. and hopefully repair that relationship with, with our former guests. Um, so one of the things we, we did decide to do is we will always be sure to talk with our guests, our potential guests, before having them on. So at least one of us will talk with them um, and, and get to know them a little bit, especially if it's someone we don't know. Um, if it's someone we do know, it's probably a little more casual. Um, I think Tiffany's was just a bunch of text exchanges, mm-hmm. but, um, you know, we want to make sure that they understand what we're trying to do. Um, and so that we know what's important for them to share in context of our show. Yep. And I think some relationship building, um, because yeah. I think one of the ways that we've ended up centering ourselves is tried to do too much relationship building in the yeah. show. And that's, that's, that's not, not the, the purpose of the show. Not the time that's not, that. not yeah. the purpose of the show. Um, but we do want to develop relationships because we have some really amazing guests. And it is exciting to have developed some relationships with some of them. Yes. Uh, with all of them, really. Um, right. Another thing that we've started doing is giving our guests time and opportunity to change the interview questions so that they get to direct the conversation where they wanted to go. I think prior to this, we would give guests the questions like 24, 48 hours before the show. with the, and, and that's sort of like um, uh, like a best practice in podcasting idea that you want to give somebody enough time to have an idea of what they're going to do, but you don't want to give them so much time that they're going to sound rehearsed. Um, But what we are realizing more and more is like so many, you know, quote unquote, best practices are rooted in white supremacy culture. Mm -hmm. And there's a control level there. Like I'm going to decide how much time you need to prep this. And I'm (laughs) going to decide that I don't want you to sound rehearsed. And so what that didn't give, you know, again, if the whole goal of this is for us to be amplifying you know, other women's voices, then we shouldn't be deciding what they want, what they should talk about. Right. So we Mm. do our best to come up with some pretty, like we really do our best to come up with some insightful questions that are going to allow a guest to really dig in to -hmm. some deep stuff. Um, But by giving them more time and opportunity and not only just the time, but the invitation. So we've changed even the wording of it. Like Mm -hmm. here are, you know, here's our draft of questions. Let us know if there's anything you want to change. Let us know if there's anything that you wanted to talk about that's not here. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, it's, it's like not just should you be directing the conversation when we're actually speaking, but you should be directing the conversation when in terms of what we're going to be talking about. So um, Mm -hmm. that's one of the things that we have done. Yeah. And, you know, really it's, we're doing an interview with them. (laughs) Yeah. It's about them and what they want. It's about them and what do they want? So we need to, we are working to be conscious about not centering ourselves, our experience, our learnings. This is our opportunity right now to talk about what we've learned, not during our interview. Mm -hmm. Um, So, you know, we, we did struggle with that a little bit, having a, an episode where we're centered, but that's the purpose of this episode. It's not the purpose of our podcast and not the purpose of the episode with our guests. Um, So we want to amplify their voice. Ours are loud enough. Um, So we are working on centering them um, and taking ourselves. We are just, we're just the interviewer. Facilitating Um, a conversation. Exactly. Not, not not the person doing the talking. And, um, and there's ample time when we 
um, when you have finished editing and we have released the thing and it goes live and we listen to it again to be like, oh, I'm learning so much. Um, right. <laughs> right. Like there's a time to look because yeah. obviously we're going to learn, but we exactly. don't have to talk about it in the interview. And then another thing we did. So when we started, when we started HR Wonder Women to begin with, we kind of riffed off of you and John's, you know, HR social hour mm-hmm. podcast and you all ask your question connection. Mm-hmm. And we, when, when we started HR Wonder Woman, we um, took that and added and added a female twist and right. so we asked a lot of, but just sort of generic, like, who are women that you follow? Who are women that you listen to, et cetera? And, you know, we we got some advice from, from Sarah, and then we played around with the wording with Sarah as well, um, so that we're centering women from underrepresented communities when we share who to follow, who to listen to, movies, you know, to your point, right? Like, who are the voices mm-hmm. that we're, you know, so who's, you know, what's the music um, that we're listening right. to? Who are we watching? Who are we reading? Um, and who are we following, you know, in social media? Mm-hmm. And, and where are we getting our learning? So um, we wanted to get more specific so that, you know, I mean, hats off to Brene Brown. She's fantastic. But she is yes. not the only woman out there saying important things. <laughs> and she would be like the first to say, right, like, you know, you, you find, yeah. there's a lot more people out there you really need to be listening to. Right. So, we yep. changed the wording on that so that we are centering women from underrepresented communities um, mm-hmm. in our question connection. Yep. What other changes? And, you know, those are the main ones. I start. I was thinking about it, and I know, you know, I, I, I'm sure, um, Sarah, please call us out on social media when this comes out and say, "Hey, y'all did this, this, and this," or you know, mm-hmm. this is not to this. We're not checking boxes here. We're we're not trying to. We, what we want to do is continually improve. We know better. We're going to be better. Um, and uh, to bring back our, our other ones, because what we're trying to do is make those connections because the shortest distance between two people is a story. Thank you, Elena Valentine, which I'm pretty sure she got it from somebody else because I think I saw I think I saw her quote put somebody else's name behind it. So um, but um, she's the one that brought it to us and kind of made this kind of put that glue around what are we doing here? Because um, it was after we were talking with Elena that we said, wait a minute, this is. This is going somewhere. Um, we want to take it somewhere. We want to do something. We want to be better. And so this is, I mean, this is us, bare bones here. We, we've laid it out, um, talked about, you know, we messed up, guys. We messed yeah. up, y'all. We y'all. Messed up, y'all. Yeah, not guys. We messed up, y'all. We messed not up, guys. Y'all. We messed up, folks. Friends. <sighs> Friends. Yeah. We we did. We messed up. And and this is, I am I am forever grateful to that guest or calling us on it because we would have continued down the same road, not, and thought we were fine. You know, I was just talking to somebody the other day and I can't even remember who, but I was talking about like any time, um, a, per, a, you know, a, a woman of color, a person of color, a, a, a woman from an underrepresented group, anytime, um, they're willing to take their time to call me in. Mm-hmm. I am, I'm grateful and I'm honored because, yeah. um, when you think about what 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 people are experiencing all day every day and having to you know choose their battles and am i going to waste my emotional labor on this person um you know that somebody would feel like i'm worth the investment of their emotional labor right it is it is an honor and it's a gift and i mm-hmm. think I think, um, you know, I'm looking at our notes and the last thing it says is where do we go from here and what do we want our listeners to take away? And I think like that would be it, right? Like yeah. we got it wrong 
thank you so much for calling us in because mm-hmm. we want to get it right. Yeah. And we're sharing all this. I don't think it makes us look particularly good. Right. Like, I mean, like, no. you know, to get back to that, like virtue signaling, yeah. this is not like, look, we learned and we're doing like, like we screwed up. We centered yeah. ourselves. We, you know, sat in our privilege and mm-hmm. didn't even see it. And this from two yeah. women who are doing a podcast specifically to address these issues. Right. Um, I don't think that this reflects well on us. And I don't, mm-hmm. I, and, and we want to share it because man, when you, man, gosh, when you get that gift, you, right. you know, you take it and yeah. you, yeah. yeah, you honor it. You and honor so it and I, you don't throw it away. You, yeah. you don't, yeah. you don't scoff at this. And, you know, I think the biggest thing, I, I think the biggest thing that I have learned is, um, is that we do have to listen to people when, when someone tells you, um, you know, you screwed up. It's very easy to get defensive. It's very easy to throw up that wall and say, well, I didn't mean it that way. Um, that is, oh, and, and to know that that's still the first reaction. I know, I know in my heart that if we get that, if we get, you know, if we get that email from somebody else, I would do, I would do it again in a heartbeat that that wall would go up, but I'm glad it comes down fast, Mm -hmm. you know, and, and that we can, we are mature enough in our journey to say, wow, thank you. I like that you say, call us in. Mm-hmm. I like that. Call us in to, to tell us where we messed up um, and, and, and help us to be better. So yeah. um, that is an honor and a privilege um, and one privilege that you want. Right. <laughs> privilege. Right. So, yeah, I mean, I would just say to our guest who was so gracious yeah. to call us in, I hope that this, I hope that you heard things that reassure you that you were heard that Mm -hmm. we appreciate your voice, that we are learning from this and changing and working really hard to create a safe space for our future guests. To all of our previous guests who may have experienced these things, who didn't say it to us, who maybe almost didn't even realize it. And now we'll look back and be like, you know, yeah, that did happen. Yeah. Um, We're sorry. We are. We're sorry. And if, I would say if there are guests that feel like there's more repair that is needed between us, please let us know. Yes. Um, and, and to all of our future guests, um, our, our goal really is to create a safe space, a brave space where, where we are amplifying your voice and not our own. And, um, yeah. And, and anybody listening, if we don't, if we mess that up, let us know. Please do. Yeah. Um, because we will, we want to make it right. And, you know, I think with that, if you want to follow us, go on the show notes, we won't do. Yep. <laughs> go, just go to the show notes. You guys, if you're listening to this, you, you, you probably know where to find us. I don't think we need to center ourselves there, but, um, you know, I would encourage you to go back to the other HR wonder women episodes, mm-hmm. find those women, follow those women, Yep. um, connect with them. Yep. And, and, grow the community um, and invite them into your community yeah. because your, your world will brighten as hard as things are right now. <laughs> oh, and we, you know, we, we just want, we want everyone to be, to be safe and well. We appreciate our listeners. We appreciate our guests like you guys wouldn't believe. And I appreciate you. 
I'm so happy you came on this journey with me. Right back at you. Yeah. It's, it's, it's been a journey. Um, but I will, I will end the way that I do end all of the story, all of our episodes, because, um, it is my favorite way to end the, end the show in that, you know, we've taken time to tell you guys about us, to tell our story. And now it's your turn to go tell your story. Thanks for listening. 